I don't get it. The pop culture get off my lawn cast featuring the open-minded musings of two mid-40s curmudgeons staring down the prospect Ali of entertainment irrelevance. <laughs> I'm wow. your co-host. That's irrelevance. Talk about irrelevance. <laughs> a, a Howard Cosell impersonation a 45, in 2021. A 45-year-old reference. <laughs> Jesus. I am your co-host, Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises. Uh, I, by the way, am a, a, an authentic sandwich guy from around the neighborhood who puts super sot, gabagool, mortadelle, and provolone with the vinegar peppers on a semolina roll with some mozzi, just the way you like it. And I am joined, as always, by this man who's wearing headphones and speaking to me right now. Yes, I am Noah Tarno. Uh, founder, senior quiz master of the big quiz thing. I uh, am one of the many, once upon a time, one of the many infants born at St. Barnabas Hospital in uh, Livingston, New Jersey, the same place that uh, oh, Tony shit. Soprano Didn't was even in realize after he this. got yes, shot. It's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I've told you this. One of the things I loved about the Sopranos is having lived in New Jersey till I was 15, not that far from where a lot of the Sopranos action happened. I often recognized places or they mentioned places I went to. Uh, you know, Pine Barrens, that whole episode, was supposed to be filmed in the South Mountain Reservation, which I had spent many much time in. And there was it was the 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 permit to do it was revoked because if you remember in The Sopranos was big, there were certain like local politicians who were like Sopranos is, uh, perpetuates a bad stereotype about Italians. So they had to move elsewhere. Uh, ironically, both the place they filmed in and the South Mountain Arena look nothing like the, pine, the actual Pine Barrens. But, uh, you know. I think I think that episode works anyway. Right. And there, right there, we are talking about uh, yeah. a subject, a yeah, near and dear to our heart. We have not discussed this, a podcast. I don't think since the uh, was it Hello Daddy podcast was that what it was called, Noah? It's not called Call Call Me Daddy. Call, call Me Daddy. Daddy. That was it. Was yes. that was only like a couple months ago, and before that, we did. My dad wrote a porno. Yeah, yeah. We've yeah. done my brother, my brother and me. We've done what other not podcasts? not a ton, not a ton. That's my point. Is that this yeah. is extremely buzzy. You know, the the form is something that we have left, um, you know, for the most part untouched. We discussed a few weird things to pull out. Podcast might be the one thing that um, you know generates this spike that is a smaller spike than the rest of culture that demands that we talk about it. However, I demanded this week that we discuss this podcast because we are in the home stretch of talking Sopranos. You know, like this is this is important to me because this is a podcast that shows up not on any major. I mean, it's all the aggregators, but it is not a network affiliated podcast. You know, Sharippa, Stephen Sharippa, who played Bobby Bacala, and Michael Imperioli, who played Christopher Moltisanti. I on by the way, on the Sopranos. Let's, on let's Sopranos. be clear what we're talking about. Let's if you be need clear to what know. this podcast is, and and maybe you know one sentence to explain the Sopranos because it, it's been off the air for fourteen years. It right has, now. I guess. So in 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 spite of me assuming that the Zillennials have in fact kept the Sopranos alive. Yes, Noah laughs at this, and I love that. But uh, Sopranos is a TV show. I think it's the urtext of American fiction for the modern age. It was from 1998, I believe, until 2007. Uh, this is 97, late, I thought? Late 97, early 98? Yeah, late 97. This, this urtext of just about everything you could imagine that, you know, you would describe the American condition 
The brainchild of David Chase, who was a TV veteran from Rockford Files, I'll... Oh, January 99 to June 2007. Okay, January 99. It was was filmed, what they always talk about is they filmed the pilot like two years. Yeah, that's it. That's what I'm thinking of. So they probably filmed the pilot in 97. Yeah, and so, you know, David Chase was this guy who worked on all these TV shows along the way. And um, it's amazing that HBO gave him this latitude to make this TV show according to his own dictates. It was a, a sainted day in television when they allowed him to do this. The guys who make great TV shows don't necessarily get the leeway that he did back in the day because we had different leadership in charge of these things. Anyway, this TV show ran in this uh, a class of excellence from uh, 1999 to 2007. People were still talking about it, whether it's the Journey song cutting off at the very end or if it's Pine Barrens or if it's Vito being gay in, in, in New Hampshire, all these things. Um, during pandemic it came up that, you know, people, I mean, the, the, the moment I, you know, realized was that people needed a lot of distraction. And so it seemed to me that uh, Michael Imperioli and Stephen Sharippa were asked to do, hey, you guys want to do a, um, a podcast version of this traveling show you guys were doing between Australia, America, the UK, Europe, et cetera, et cetera. And they said, yeah, sure, we're going to get into this. Let's talk about the, the Sopranos one episode at a time, week to week. They have access to this guest roster of people who a lot of other people don't have access to. They were there on the set as cast members in each each you know each episode, and so we are. They have gotten through nearly every single episode. I think we're in the last five or so. Noah, correct me if I'm wrong. We're almost done with the run of the entire yeah. Sopranos. Yeah. Every episode I'm, they look at every episode of the podcast, with a couple exceptions, they look at one episode of the show yeah. in chronological order, and they're nearing the end. They're they're under half a dozen episodes to go right and i mean i associate this with a pandemic phenomenon which in some ways is bittersweet in some ways it's just bitter because i started listening to the show in lockdown uh as i was exercising and it was something that came up because they were unable to do a traveling show it's because they were trying to entertain people they were trying to lift up spirits and it became something bigger than it it, it would have otherwise been um, but you get this real, you know, blow by blow discussion of Sopranos episodes one at a time from a lot of the actors who have been there. And these guys have great insights. And, you know, Imperially is great. He's a trained actor. Sharippa is different. Sharippa is an entertainer. But I'm really impressed by what Sharippa has to give us, has to give us along the way. Um, but I mean, what am I missing here, Noah? I feel like we're, we're into the home stretch of, of, of talking Sopranos. It has been a fairly large podcast sensation because it was competing with the office ladies. And, you know, it's not it's not like, um, you know, some of the higher tier podcast offerings, but it mm-hmm. has been mm-hmm. this, you know, like a pop. Uh, it's fused to pop culture. It's welded to it's, this yeah, TV it's show. It's been the very popular. Yeah. Right. So so, you know, every episode, the two of them. Uh, usually talk to a guest and they've had most of the cast members on major cast members and some minor cast members and then you know uh, they had David Chase for one episode they're having him back for the finale they've said they had you know the prop master and you know various technical people and they interview those people how they got on the show their career etc and then they go through the episode and they argue they have good interplay Imperioli is you know kind of more laid back and he's a Buddhist and Shrip is the big mouth former you know Vegas you know talent booker um and <laughs> yes you know and then they read a few ads 
uh, Bose headphones uh, is their biggest sponsor. And the end of better, every episode. Better help they, now, Michael. Better, better help, help now. If you need help dealing with LGBTQ matters. Anyway, we're, you, you we got to not do that. Groceries delivered to your front door, yeah. Michael. Uh, so it's fun to make fun of. So, yeah, Bill and I are both big Sopranos fans. We've been listening for a moment. And by the way, I re-listened to, they also post these on YouTube where you could just see them. Uh, basically on something like Zoom. And I, I've only watched, what's the point of that? I mainly just listen to it on my phone. And I, I re-watched slash listened to the first episode where they talk about the pilot the other day. And, and they're still getting their legs. But I believe this came out in March of 2020. And they say the idea was for them to be together in the same room. And pandemic upended that. But, you know, maybe that's better. Maybe that's easier to get guests now. So they've been doing the whole thing remotely. Right. Although now they're planning and they hype it on the show all the time. They're planning to go back to their little stage tour. So they got a couple dates coming up. I assume you got to be vaxxed and wear a mask. Um, so, yeah, you and I are both in The Sopranos. So I think we both picked up on this very fast. Started listening to it from moment one. Well, you, you got me into it, to be honest. I let I did, it go for a couple I, weeks. I just, I'm like, yeah. ooh, there's a, there's a podcast about The Sopranos. I'll yeah. listen, you know. Uh, so, yeah, it's become a phenomenon, uh, you know. People are talking about it. I read a Reddit, a subreddit about Sopranos, and there was debate at first, like, is it okay to talk about Talking Sopranos here? And finally, there's like a pin thing at the top, like, it's okay. You may talk about Talking Sopranos, which I agree with. Um, you know, I love The Sopranos. It might be the best TV show ever. I love revisiting the show. You know, I probably watched every episode at least four times. Uh, you know, when you're bored, if you're flipping around on YouTube, just watching some highlight scenes, it's just it's stupendous from top to top to bottom. Uh, and it is interesting hearing about some of the behind the scenes, how it was written, you know, filming, how it was cast, uh, things like that. Uh, and I like their interplay. You know, people, especially on the subreddit, complain about Sharippa that he has a big mouth. Uh, but I think he's hilarious. I love him. And I'll tell you why. He reminds me of me. Seriously, he's a lovable bore. You know, yeah, he has a big mouth. He interrupts people. He doesn't always listen. He, he asks simplistic questions sometimes, but he's self-deprecating. He quickly admits uh, his flaws, right? He, he could be effusive with his praise. Oh, great actor. That guy's a great actor. Nicest guy. But he'll also go on forever about people in show business he hates. Like, there's a running thing like Pat Cooper, <laughs> right? So Pat Cooper, those of you who don't know, is this old-timey comedian. I, was he ever on a TV show or anything? Uh, he, you know, he guessed it and shit along the years. He's yeah, really but he a never had a, a tri-state celebrity, right? But he never had like a regular sitcom role no, or anything, no, right? No, no. Like, I just think he's just one of these old guys who was at he like, the fires. He wants Pat Cooper to die of a heart attack, right? I, he I was on the. Love it. You know what I remember him from? He played himself on an episode. I mean, this is way, way after he was famous. He played himself on an episode of Seinfeld. He's basically sponsoring Jerry as Jerry's trying to get into the Friars Friars Club, which is you know this old collective of old timey comedians. And Jerry's blowing it. And Pat's like, what are you doing, Jerry? You're crazy. Uh, so he'll go on and on about the people he hate. He wants Pat Cooper to die. Pat Cooper's a scumbag. And he'll, uh, so I'm like that. I'll go on and on about the shit I hate. But I also, you know, I enjoy giving credit where it's due. And I admit when I'm, I'm wrong. And then Imperioli, Michael Imperioli, who played Christopher on the show, you know, one of the like three or four main characters. Emmy winner, Emmy winner, Mike Imperioli. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Sharippa, Sharippa's character, those who don't know or don't remember, he didn't join the cast till season two. Cable but, ace winner, Mike, uh, right. Steven Sharippa. 
Oscars, Oscars viewer, Stephen Sharifa. Uh, but his character, you know, started as an occasional thing. By the end of the series, he was one of the the, the main characters. He, he really grew as a character. Uh, Imperioli has a more dry sense of humor, and he needles Sharifa sometimes. But the interplay between the two is is really great. And he's got as a Buddhist, he he turns things to a philosophical point of view often, and it's fun watching Shripa try to contend with that. You know, Imperioli talks about, like, like human uh, human intelligence, and there might be, you know, something in space that's smarter than us, and Shripa just makes it this running joke, like, so you think there's a squid out in space that's smarter than Stephen Hawking? But, but, Bill, but. Yes. I still listen to this every week. I'm ready for it to end. I've reached my limit. Uh, I'm bored with the interviews. Partly, they're, they feel like they're scraping the barrel a little now. They're, the, the last few episodes, they're recycling people. And fine, recycle David Chase. I mean, I'd say recycle... Unfortunately, Jim Gandolfini is no longer with us. You know, if he were, I'd say have him on multiple times. I mean, I'd rather they bring... They've had most of the... I'd rather they bring back Edie Falco. But, you know, they brought back John Ventimiglia, who played Artie Bucco. And I love Artie Bucco. The guy's a great actor, but, like... I couldn't help but feel it was partly because, as Imperioli has said a thousand times, they're very, very good friends going way back. And that it just that gets it really the big problem is that it's just too much inside baseball. You know, Imperioli is always talking about some play he did 20 years ago or some film he was in that no one's ever heard of. 20 Shrip years talking ago. About, Jesus. Yeah. 30 years Shrip, ago. Right. Sharip is talking about some comic he booked in Vegas, some lounge act. They're just they, they're they're going over the same terrain of life of an actor over and over again, and it feels a little too insidery for my tastes. You know, I'm not learning anything interesting about The Sopranos anymore. I feel like, so I kind of skip over the interviews. I don't pay much attention. Then they get in the episode, and that's kind of fun because I like revisiting the episode, and they're funny the way they talk about it. But even they feel like they've run out of steam. I feel like they're not as clever as they used to be. You know, you and I used to text each other just funny quotes from the episode. And I'm, I'm having trouble finding funny quotes now. And they joke how they hate each other and they're desperate to get out of this podcast. And while I don't think they hate each other, I think it kind of sounds like they're both ready to go. Um, and then the other thing I don't like is that I feel more and more they've become ass kissers. You know, I wonder sometimes, which I hate, I wonder sometimes when they interview people how sincere they are. Oh, he's great. He's great. You know, even though Sharip will go out, off on Pat Cooper or someone who, is never going to respond. And there's a few major cast members who very pointedly they have not had on. You know, Vince Curatola, who played um, Johnny Sack, is famously a hardcore QAnon guy. And, you know, while they don't get into politics, it's very clear both of these guys are not right-wingers. I imagine that's why they haven't had him on. Uh, Rumors are no one likes uh, Joe Ganiscoli, who played Vito. He hasn't been on. Um... By the way, the reason Tony Sirico hasn't been on is he's ill. Like, they don't come out and say it, but I read online Tony Sirico has dementia of some kind. He's not he well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they love him. They go on and on Joey, about Joey Pants. So, I mean, there's a reason Joey Yeah, Pants Joe, Joe Pantoliano, who played Ralphie. I mean, they say nice things about him, so I don't know what that issue is. Anyway, the point is, the ass-kissing, you know, they do the advertisements. And that's fine. That's how you pay the bills. I get it. Oh, Bose headphones are great. Untuck it shirts are great. But then they crossed the line with me. A few episodes ago, they did a special episode about The Many Saints of Newark, which, if you know The Sopranos, you know, is the Sopranos prequel movie written by David Chase, right? It just came out. It was on HBO Max a few weeks ago. 
And they were hyping it. They did an episode where they just talked about it and they interviewed uh, Alessandro Navolo, who plays the lead. And they went on and on about how great the movie is. And yes, this was colored by the fact that I thought the movie was terrible. I thought it was awful. Bill, you liked it. I did. I thought it was awful. I did like it. It was okay. But, okay, fine. You liked it, but still, compared to The Sopranos, was it as good as any episode of The Sopranos? Uh, no. No, but exactly. I, I have a qualification for that that I won't even try to figure into this. But that's, I get All you. Right. I get what you're saying. So, they go on and on about how awesome the many scenes with Newark is, and now I start <laughs> questioning their judgment. Yeah. So, you know, I love oh, it. Oh, a podcast. I can't believe a podcast has questionable judgments somewhere I know, exactly. Yeah. I know. So so I am nitpicking. I love these guys. You know, people on the subreddit hate Sharippa. I love them. I love them both. I love the show. If they play live, if they do their little live show in San Francisco, I, I think I'd like to go. I'll listen. <laughs> yeah. Sure, why not? I'll listen through to the end, but like, I don't know. It's kind of, I, 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 I'm done. I'm ready. I'm ready for the, the, the podcast about another prestige show I watch. Let's get the Breaking Bad podcast. But the podcast, I think, has great chemistry. I think that Imperioli had some bones before he got into the show. Not a whole lot, but he was a spider in Goodfellas. He had done a lot of like small time work along the way. No one knew that in like 2020... Michael Imperioli would be this like a jobber, a guy who worked in TV and movies along the way, but would have something really interesting to say about the business, about that TV show, about what it's like to be, what is he? He's in late 50s. Sharip is in his 60s. Uh, no, Imperioli, is I actually looked this up recently. I think he was, no, I think he's early 50s. I think he was born in like 68 or something. He was born in 66. Born in 66. 66. So he's been around for a while. And Sharippa, again, Noah described where these guys came from along the way. You know, we'd seen Imperioli because he'd been in Goodfellas. And, you know, Sharippa is this guy, it's almost like a self-created American myth. This dude, this dude from like, you know, Eastern Queens who will Bur- Brooklyn. He's from Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Okay. Well, you know, right there. But he willed himself to Vegas and he willed himself to Hollywood and somehow became this thing. I really like hearing what the two of them say. Not that that like if talking Sopranos had been two other cast members, let's say it had been Vinny Pastore and, and Vinamilia, if it had been Christ, I don't know, uh, little Steven. Vince Cur- Vince Curatola and, and Joe Ganescoli. And Joe Ganescoli might have had something yeah. to say about the show. These two guys stretch the you know nearly the beginning nearly to the end it's because of the sopranos for me that you know like in particular this show is the greatest show it de- ever def- definitely a, definitely a worthy uh, contender for the title no doubt about it then we started getting a lot of um communication from our fans particularly through social media and they were asking for the podcast uh they felt they were watching the show uh, binging the show during, you know, shelter in place and quarantine. And they uh, were telling us they really wanted uh, the podcast. And we decided to figure out a way to do it while we're in our house. You know, you say that this podcast is a big hit. I mean, I can't really tell if it's any, you know, it had a leg up. Everyone loves Sopranos. It's hosted by, you know, if we were hosting a Sopranos podcast, no one would care. But this one has, you know, the star element and, um, not a big podcast distributor, but still money behind it. Bose headphones, untuck it. You know, LGBTQ LGBTQ matters. <laughs> they have a bunch of uh, 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 safe home internet. What's the one? They just every yeah. episode there's some new sponsor. <laughs> they have one of like 
like food for your lawn, like like. It's trash. Your and, pet and food. Time, your pet food, Noah. I, yeah, I just I just don't believe them. But that's show business. Uh, so they have this leg up. People are going to listen anyway. But you tell me. I haven't looked at the statistics. Is this thing a big hit, or is it just about as big as you'd expect it to be? A Sopranos podcast hosted by two cast members. No, I think the latter, to be honest, because okay. you know, I, I know that the, com- right. the competition, for instance, is the what is it called? The no, office? you you say wait. The latter means it's not a big hit. The latter means it's it's underperformed its expectations. Or I it's, think no, or I it, think, it hasn't exceeded its expectations. You mean the former? It is a big hit. No, I think it is. It is very much in the lane of the people like us. The people. It's All a right. delectation, an audience of people, because I think its competition was like, for instance, the Office ladies. Which was and that's um, what's two women from the office going to the office. It was Jenna Fisher and uh, uh, what's her name who played. Um, who am I thinking of? I'm I'm blanking here. Angel Angel Angela Kinsey. Angela Kinsey. Angela, exactly. I forget Angela's last name, but she marries Dwight at the end of the show. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! So why is this popular? I think first of all, people have rediscovered The Sopranos aside from the movie. Like the streaming numbers have borne out the fact that people have found. On HBO Max, go on press play, whatever the fuck service it is that nobody, everybody's using my password, right. Noah. Yes, whatever it you is. You have twelve people on your password. Yes, I have. I have the the, the right. La Paz, Bolivia is logging right. on on my I, on my password. I I don't want to name names or get too detailed, but I somehow I discovered the other day I hadn't noticed this. That someone who I don't really want to have anything to do with ever again is still using my Amazon Prime <laughs> password, Prime oh, video. Jesus. And I, it's really weird. Like, I didn't notice this till I was trying to watch on my phone. I usually watch Prime video on my computer. And it says on my phone, but to, like, eliminate this person's account, I need to go do it on my computer. So, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm out and about on my phone. I'm, I wanted to watch it at the gym. And so, like, I had to make a note to, when you go home, go do this. It's just so ridiculous. Yeah, it's all uh, You know, too bad for this person, but, you know, whatever. But I mean, I I think that this show has not in the way the the office. I mean, I bring up the office. The office has become this enduring cheers type thing that people could like punch into every single episode and it stands on its own. The Sopranos has this long livid longevity, which is great. I'm I'm really impressed by yeah. It, you know? And you know, rewarding uh, rewatching, you know, having rewatching value and all that. I think their timing was especially good because. I think this last year was <laughs> a good, good, good time for binging on comfort food. Uh, w- but here's the thing: why is it popular? There's a question here that I don't have an answer to. They've brought this up a lot on the show, and I guess they've asked their guests, and I guess they tried to answer. But honestly, Bill, I can't remember any of the answers. Is apparently The Sopranos has had a bit of a renaissance among younger people, teenagers, early twenties. People who were not watching HBO, you know, in 2007, let alone 2000, let alone 1999. A lot of teens are watching, a lot of people in their 20s. And why? And I feel like they brought that up, and I don't remember any of the answers they or their guests have offered. I mean, the simple answer is, it's a great fucking show, and one of the things that's great about it is it gets at the human condition in ways that, you know, remain relevant all these years later with you know, quite frankly, huge changes to American society in the last 14 years. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe that's it. And it just gets discovered. So I imagine that has helped boost the podcast. I mean, I, I read the subreddit and, you know, 
two thirds of it is people just repeating their favorite quotes, people, you know, picking it apart with the tweezers because they've watched every episode 600 times. But they're also the people who, this is weird, they're like writing on Reddit, like, I'm halfway through the second season and I love it. Like, they don't wait till they're done. So, like, people who are just discovering it now, and I have to imagine most of those people, you know, didn't ignore it while it was on. Most of those people just weren't old enough, you know, either weren't alive when it started or, you know, oh, 2007, I was 15. You know, why would I be watching a crime sex drama on HBO? So, um, yeah, I don't know the answer to that, but clearly it is – the show is popular among young people, and, and that's going to push a podcast about the show, a high-profile, you know, cast crew member cred podcast about the show. Because he's a jack-off. He's the mayor of jack-off land. I think it's uh, – he lives in jack-off land. And his name, he knows who he is. So look yourself in the mirror, Mike P. He wants the guys to pile on. What's up with his hair? Mike P., who's in the jack-off Hall of Fame, and he lives in jack-off land. Well, he's the mayor, though. Noah, tell me, uh, if you were a kid, which I guess is kind of at the core of this argument, would you like the Talking Sopranos podcast and or the show as an aggregate whole? I don't know why not. Because trying to imagine me as a younger person now, there's nothing about this show. I can't imagine that me not liking the things about The Sopranos and by extension not liking the podcast. You know, I've told you this a lot. Podcasts, I can listen to a podcast about a topic I love. And if the people on it don't have good, you know, interplay, don't have good chemistry, aren't clever, aren't funny, aren't saying anything that I think is interesting – I'm not interested. I mean, you know, the direction Talking Sopranos is moving in, from my opinion, is an example of that. Yeah, I think that's important. I, 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 I think they're getting less interesting, less, yeah. thus I'm less interested in the show. One of the very first podcasts I ever listened to, it might have literally been the first, was I just, I said, hey, I, one of my favorite movies, This is Spinal Tap. Here's a podcast where they talk about This is Spinal Tap. And it was awful. It was just them repeating lines badly. No insight. No real humor. It was terrible. Just terrible. And then I can think of examples where people who I think have great chemistry talking about cinema I'm not that interested in, and they make it interesting. So, yeah, why not? I would have liked the show, and then why wouldn't I have liked them talking about it? I mean, there's nothing that they talk about. You know what? I'd like it more. You want to know why? Because when I was a kid, I still had fantasies about being a professional actor someday. So I would have been more attentive to all their talk about how you make it in show business, auditioning, starting out, all that. They talk quite, you know, Imperial, he talks about his years on New York City stages. Yes. And Sharippa talks about auditioning for shitty sitcoms and things like that. And now, you know, to be honest, we'll get to this. There's a tinge of like, oh, that's a world that I was never able to get into. As a teenager, I might be excited about trying my hand to that world in five, ten years. So, yeah, I take that back. I think I'd be more into it. No, I, I don't think I would at all be into this if I was a kid because, you know, I, I had a very clean demarcation line between what I thought of as uh, adult drama and kid drama, and that lasted a good long time. I would say up until about the late 90s, I did not quite realize that I was watching the sort of things my parents would be watching in back in the day. 
And I remember in particular, like my mom loved to watch Cagney and Lacey, which I'm sure <laughs> I would love today, right? Time first, daily. first show that came back because of a fan writing campaign. No shit. Yeah. Okay. You don't know that? Maybe your mom wrote a letter. Yeah, they canceled it or they announced they were canceling it and enough fans wrote letters that they either brought it back or saved it. What's yes. hilarious is thinking like, you know, Tyne Daly and uh, uh, what's her face? Sharon, Sharon, yeah, Sharon Gless. Gless. You know, they yeah. were so much younger than we are now. Like, and They, they were, were like 23. <laughs> <laughs> they were Maybe, just actors. You know. My point is, I'm, I'm bringing this up, it's like, well... That's what I used to think that the like Hill Street Blues, you know, that theme that they used to play. They actually played the Hill Street Blues theme on the radio. Do, do, do. Yeah. Do, I think, do. I think it was, a, there was a period where, yeah. well, Miami Vice theme, a bunch of TV themes in the early 80s yeah. actually were chart, charting hits. It was. Yeah. And it's like, I know that the, the gap between us and the, the, our adults who were watching TV in the early 80s is, is somehow further and closer away than the, the gap of today, the, you know, the kids who would be watching TV. I don't know, however it works. The point is, is that I thought that, that like TV I was made for adults was so far away from my level of comprehension, yeah. from my level of yeah. interest, that I didn't think of like things that were just that I think of as automatic. I cheers. I did not watch cheers until I was in to double digits, teens. Until I realized, oh my God, this is a good show. I was excluding it because I thought it was for adults along the way. Right, right. And no, this podcast would not have applied to me at all because I would not have thought of The Sopranos as a kid. And I'm sure this isn't so far from the way, you know, a lot of the kids now, people who are making The Sopranos a bubble hit on the streaming services are the ones who were 10 years ago making Cheers a bubble hit. They were rediscovering things. It's like, oh my God, have you seen Nicholas Colasanto? Have you heard the repartee between uh, George Went and uh, Shelley Long? It's like, yes, we heard this back in 86. Actually, right. 85, 84. We were there a long time ago. And it's like, well, people are only discovering The Sopranos now and pretending like they invented it. And I would very much be in the camp of those people who were like, well, I don't know what this was in 1990, you know, 2005, 2004, but I mm-hmm. invented it today. And maybe I would have to get into the show before I can understand the podcast. This podcast is a second tier thing. You got to get into the show before right. you can buy the podcast. But then, you know, once I got into the show, yes, I would be all into the podcast. Now, Bose Noise Canceling uh, Headphones 700 deliver everything you'd ever expect. Is there any element of the Talking Sopranos phenomenon that harbingers the end of the world? No, I, th- I think that this podcast was based on, let's, let's not forget the moment it was based on, not necessarily the impulse, uh, the executional technique. This was created, I think... In the same way you saw a lot of live streams, you saw all those reunions. Like, that was a topic we covered, Noah, the reunion TV right. shows. Yeah, yeah, sure. It was like, let's give relief to the people who are doing this. I honestly thought that this was a really a humanitarian impulse of all the people um, who worked to create the um, Sopranos onstage experience. Well, let's do a podcast because who God knows, let's just punt this into the darkness and see how long it leads. Because no one mm-hmm. saw their way out of the apocalypse that we were into back in early spring of uh, 2020. Mm -hmm. And to be fair, I don't know how many other shows you could talk about that could proffer a, you know, setup like this. You know, you take break. Oh, a a, a lot. I mean, 
go look in Apple that, I, iTunes But that we would care about. Yeah, hundreds. I mean, there's only I don't know. Of- I mean, when this is done, I'm actually going to make an effort. Are there good Madden? You know, the shows that I've binged on, the shows I think are among the best. Are there good Madden podcasts out there? Are there good Breaking Bad slash Better Call Saul podcasts out there? I mean, I'm thinking of my, I don't want to listen to an office podcast. That would just be annoying. Um, <laughs> well, I got I got like four episodes. I got you know Sopranos, which yeah. has been done. This is done. It's finished. I would say right. Deadwood, which to me is another great show. Yeah, De- Deadwood lost me after about three seasons. Larry right. Sanders. No, that was it. Uh, Deadwood, Deadwood had three seasons. Period. Really? So oh, then right no, the maybe end, yeah. maybe I made it through Deadwood. You know what? I think I made it through Deadwood. And you might have. My dad was into Deadwood. Yeah. And he just in a way to connect with me every like Hanukkah for three years, he'd send me the DVD box set, and I did watch it. Dad, who now listens to this podcast yes. sometimes. But it just was like kind of in Michael, we love you. Michael, you're important, Michael. We want to hear from you. You're very important, Michael. We want to tell you about this. You know, I said before, would the show have been as popular if it were just two schmucks talking about this? I mean, I'm sure there are. There's a podcast I heard about I haven't listened to. I like name called Pada Bing. Get it? Oh, God. Because the strip club in The Sopranos is called the Pada Bing. Uh, And I haven't listened to it. Maybe it's good. But you got to feel bad for those guys because, as popular as they might be, this they came first, but this has outstripped them. These guys are they're in their gabagool, Noah. Right, because the celebrity factor. So you know, it gets something I talk about in the show all the time. That like, are we rapidly moving to a place where all that matters is celebrity? You know, there's I still think of the funny essay I wrote twenty years ago and tried to tried to sell to humor websites. No one bought it about. Do you remember this trend 20 years ago where every movie poster was just the faces of the stars? And to the point where there was a Bruce Willis movie where literally the entire poster was like you couldn't even see the edges of his head. It was literally just his face. And like they were so terrified to indicate anything else to the audience. So I made a joke that now they were going to do just the face movie. And it was Arnold Schwarzenegger before he became a politician and it was just going to be two hours of Arnold Schwarzenegger staring into the camera saying hello my name is Arnold Schwarzenegger over and over again and Hollywood thinking like that's the only movie that anyone will pay attention to because when they talk to test audiences an overwhelming majority said hey I know who Arnold Schwarzenegger is um, and fast anyway, forward this Fast and Furious 9 which yeah, is pretty much that yeah it's just it's it's just Vin Diesel staring at you in the camera and whispering his name Vin Diesel which is his real name is what like Mark something. Mark Vincent. Mark Vincent. Thank you. Uh, anyway, no, Eric something is Jamie Foxx's real name. Uh, so I don't want us to get to that world. And then, you know, the fact that I think the show's a little gone downhill is I think these guys are kind of resting on their laurels. And that, I, I know, they're far away from this. This is nitpicking. But that gets us into the territory of a lot of things I don't like that we talk about on the show, which is the people who just skate by on, hey, I'm just having a good time and don't do the work. Uh, because I think Sharippa and Imperioli have basically done the work. You know, they watch the episodes, they think about it, they make notes. I complain about them kissing ass with the sponsors, but that's their fucking job. You know, get out there and talk about how awesome, uh, you know. Better so, help you know, now, Michael. Better, better help That's now. the one we keep joking about. Better help. It's been stressful times, Michael. There's nothing wrong with talking to someone. Webby Award winner Steve Sharipa, best known for his role as Bobby Bacala on The Sopranos and Anthony Abbott, the Marco of Blue Bloods, has passed away. A celebration of his life or death, depending on how you feel about him, will take place at a later date to be determined. His <laughs> Steve Sharipa motherfucks the world video will be released then, hosted by his close pal, 
Webby and Emmy Award winner Michael Imperioli. Sharipa promises to call out people who have wronged him in his life, including, but not limited to, <laughs> teachers, professors, TV critics, people from the church, agents, managers, fellow actors, book editors, publishers, oh, auto mechanics, God. cab drivers, postal workers, <laughs> restaurant owners, people he has worked for, people who have worked for him. <laughs> And all other bullshit artists, backstabbers, and scumbags that he has encountered throughout his life. Invited guests only. I'm, you know, Sharippa's living the life. I'm fucking jealous of him. That's for sure. Sharippa is, you know, if we could all just trade places and be Sharippa, this guy who's just filled with sodium and fat globules, lipids, who somehow self-willed himself into a uh, a career. And by the way, the, yeah. the Vegas that Sharipa made himself through was the last gasp of Vegas, that like 1980, and, 85 Vegas. And re-listening to that first episode, he makes a point when he auditioned for, you know, he didn't start acting until he was in his early 40s. He had a successful career. Like, he's like, I was making a lot of money in Vegas. And like, he almost didn't take The Sopranos because he would get paid a lot less, but he wanted to move back to New York. So this guy, look, I think he seems like a nice guy, a reasonable hard worker. So I don't really, I'm not, it's not like a fucking, you know, like Billy McFarland getting away with it thing. But he's definitely, uh, you know, been very fortunate in life, co coasted from lucky break to lucky break. But he has some awareness of that. So yeah. How no, it's I true. I, you know, no, I, I, there, there's a kernel of truth to everything you just said. But no, I'm not jealous at all. Um, I listen very expectantly i love the fact that they are using this time they gave of their experience they gave of their you know their expertise to tell us what it was like to be there because they are both past the age well i said sharipa does talk a lot about his rivalry his jealousies all this shit and i like that too but you do get the impression that they are past the piss and bitter vinegar of their younger age and they just like they just get to reveal yeah. and how great it is and that's no they're, they're, ha they're having a great time talking yeah. about a great tv show and again i don't like it when people say shrip is an asshole like he's a boor but he's i think he's such a lover correct boor. correct um yes and imperioli is kind of fascinating his point of view you know and they're having they're having a great time yeah i'm i'm jealous of that i mean they've lived the life they're living the life i mean i imagine imperioli wishes he you know, he keeps naming these movies no one's ever heard of. <laughs> right. He, he, he's probably more zen than me, but I imagine if I were in his shoes, I would be like, all right, when am I going to get in a good movie? You know, when am I going to get in a movie that's a hit? I mean, not that he wants to do like a fucking, you know, Michael Bay movie. But again, like, when is he going to be in a movie that's like nominated for Best Picture? Why not? He's good enough for that. Like, I mean, you know, an, an actor waits for Jupiter to revolve until the Great Red Spot comes at that same point. Some actors never get that, and there might be the greatest actors, sex in the world. Right, but after you fucking star in The Sopranos, I think it's reasonable to believe that the, the highest level directors will be, you know, considering him for roles. Right, and, and then and then Hollywood starts making only Venom and Suicide Squad and Avengers Endgame. You know, that's the other yeah, thing. I guess. I guess. I yeah. like all three of those movies. I do too. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm also jealous that, like, look, we, we're doing a podcast now. You know, compared to them, no one's fucking listening to us. You know, we we are not sponsored by Bose, Bose headphones or BetterHelp or Untuck It or whatever. Uh, you know, we don't have that. Beth England, our letter audience. comes from Beth England. You get a free yeah. pair of Bose headphones. Yeah, we got our regular crew. I'm proud of that. Uh, now Michael Tarno. They but, should all um, use BetterHelp now, Noah. 
They really should. Uh, <laughs> they really should. <laughs> hey, I'm one to talk. Uh, no, my point is, of course, I'm jealous of them because we're doing a podcast and it's not as popular. Yeah. So, and because I wasn't on The Sopranos, you know. Yeah. I mean, of course, uh, I'm jealous. Why hey, we have we've had some friends. All right, so let me let me pivot. Let me ask you something. Um, yeah. No, between me and you. Yes. The fallopian scale. The G.G. Fallon scale. The G.G. Uh, as the, the Photoshop you sent me this week. Of, uh... I guess, yeah. What's, what's, what's funny, though, is I was, at, I was, so, you know, we make fun of Jimmy Fallon, and we also sometimes make fun of, not make fun of, but talk about G.G. Allen. Yes. The true king of rock and roll. G.G. Fallon, G. yes. If you, if you never heard of G.G. Allen, look him up. That's, A-L-L-I-N. That's I-N, yes. Anyway, I, I was at a bar, Zeitgeist, here in San Francisco, uh, where I, one of my favorite bars, and they're checking back status. I love it. And, you know, there's all sorts of, it's all sorts of old stickers and band stickers on the wall. And I saw a sticker. <laughs> it wasn't that sticker I sent you. It was a different one, but it mashed up Jimmy Fallon with Gigi Allen. It said Gigi Fallon. And I took a picture, but it didn't come out. So then I just found a different yeah, image. You just found and it because it's I'm, out there. I'm amazed neither of us thought of that before. It's like it's two people we make fun of or talk yeah. about. Yeah. And why did that mashup never happen? Anyway, what about the, the Gigi Fallon scale? What about the Alinean scale? What do you think? Alinean scale. Oh, geez, it needs to be a lot more, uh, a lot more debaucherous than this. Uh, so, so as we said at the beginning, I believe we might be overlooking someone because we're at what? This is our 198th episode. Oh, at least, yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I have it open. This is our 198. Hey, 198. Yep, yep, yep. So. We might be forgetting something, but I believe prior to this, we've done three podcasts. My brother, my brother, and me. My dad wrote a porno and call her daddy. So on the GG Felonian scale, you know, where we where we put our new topic on the XYZ axis that all our old topics are on, you combine those three topics, it is the sum of those three. So we don't need the Z axis. On the X and Y, basically on the Y then, Whatever value caller daddy has above, caller daddy was slightly above zero. My dad wrote a porno is more than slightly above zero, so we're in positive territory. But see, I can't do this now because I just realized my brother, my brother, and me now takes this way below zero. Well, so here's what you, you know, do. you get the math is whatever you want. Here's what you do: you take caller daddy plus my dad wrote a porno plus the absolute value of my brother and brother and me absolute value my brother my brother and me times negative one because my brother and my brother and me is well below zero but then it's too high all right so it's caller daddy plus my dad wrote a porno plus my brother my brother and me times negative one half so half the value right guys did you know that Noah write qualified, this down. he qualified write this for down. a field medal this year i'm not sure if you were aware of that he really write figured, this down it's yeah. very important you know uh, uh blue zoo or whatever it was that uh, sent rockets into space used noah's computations oh, to get oh, william shatner back down blue. to earth in one piece yeah. along the way but i thought oh it's another sponsor we don't have is blue chew and that's they haven't had blue. they talk about blue shoes sometimes and they haven't had it in a while which is part of the reason i'm not finding funny quotes because they're like michael do you like sex blue chew gets you going i stay I, hot michael, all night michael i was ready to go i was like a tripod michael i mean if we haven't indicated they're one of the charming things about the show is they're pretty unvarnished, you know? They're, yeah. they're, they come across as real guys. Well, I sure, and that's, it, sure I, I shouldn't talk about the ass kissing because it's they're the opposite of a, they're just they're on they're not like hey we're talking about the Sopranos, you know? They they're they're pretty unvarnished. That's why the ass kissing bothers me more 
because like I feel like I love these guys. I trust these guys. These are real guys. So when they start saying this movie I thought was shit is perfect, I I'm I kind of resent it. All right. But, well, I'm I'm gonna put this up next to uh, if we added Wandavision to uh, Dazus and Miro. That's pretty high up. It man. is pretty high up. You know, it's a combination wow, that's of near the chemistry. The and I can't imagine listening to two other people discuss it, but they somehow created chemistry, a new format, a uh, energy between the two of them, and also a discussion where they bring up new things I hadn't quite uh, considered the show before. And it's worth mentioning that me and Noah have—I um, mean, we've continually discussed The Sopranos in a linear way because of the podcast. So you know, there there's so many like spiraling tributaries out of this podcast. That gets us to retalk about The Sopranos again. And I'm not the kind of person that like revels in nostalgia. Not at all. And yet I don't think that The Sopranos is nostalgia. I think it is re-examining a piece of art that has many, many layers to give you of interpretation, of meaning. And it means something the more you leave it. When we left The Sopranos in 2007, it, there's something different in 2021 to grok from what it's trying to say. You know, maybe part of it is the fact that they're going to end it soon and it's going to be finite. We're out and it, it's just a thing that will have existed in this period of time. Great. Period. Done. Get us out of it. Let's move on. Let's figure out what the next thing's going to be for episode uh, 200 onwards. But I'm happy with it right now. So is this one of the very best things we've looked at in Europe? Oh, yeah, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Really? I mean, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I, I, mean, I, I think there's so much less to it than WandaVision, than Key and Peele, than American Vandal, than, you know, what were the other best ones? Um, there's a bunch. I don't know. We had good ones. Yeah, I, I just... I, Death I, you Note. Know, I didn't like Death Note as much as you. Uh, anyway, I, I I think it's oh Sarah. Well, Sarah Cooper again. I love Sarah Cooper in terms of raw talent, but not as much to it, you know. Yeah. Uh, and where's she been the last year? Like I'm waiting Good for question. her next act. Yeah, right. This is what I said in the episode. Uh, it's like where's Sarah Cooper at these days? You know, yeah, she yeah. she's the Vaughn meter of her day. <laughs> Only if. I'm not going to say it. All right. So uh, if you would like to hear past episodes of the show, where can you go, Bill? Oh, that's an excellent question, Noah. Uh, I would say Spotify. I would even suggest Apple Podcasts. Beyond that. Oh, wow. SoundCloud. You know what? And uh, venturing forth, I would say Google Play and perhaps even Stitcher beyond that. Tweet perhaps us. Stitcher. I yeah. go to SoundCloud. SoundCloud is the, is the page I have. Yeah, I have a lot of stuff. Yeah. That's right. Uh, you want to tweet uh, at Noah and Bill Show, and some of some of you do, or some of you don't. But anyway, you'll find us there. Write to us if you want to, like, make a personal email with a digital stamp on it that will get past um, the guy who's in charge of the U.S. Postal Service right now. <laughs> no, and Bill, don't get it at gmail.com. Give us a review on the aggregators, by the way, because the aggregators are where people find recommendations for podcasts to come. I am on Twitter at William Scurry. I am on YouTube, youtube.com slash amcaesar. And I should add, I have a podcast coming up this week. I talked about Dune. Anyone who's discussed uh, me in their popular parlance knows that I'm the Dune Man. And so the I. Dune Man. The Dune Man. I am uh, the uh, writer of the worm. Our friends. That's, at, that's, that's my favorite sound garden. Our song. friends at Film 89 Podcast have uh, saw fit to include me, Mr. Sky Wingfield, and I discussed Dune, the recent film, which I saw, I would say, over a month ago. But uh, we are talking about it uh, in the discussion space of a cinematic release. 
And uh, so, yes, Film89, and look around Twitter. Uh, I am there. Uh, again, that is exactly where you'll find me if you want to hear more Dune conversations. But I'm more interested in hearing where you can see Noah at this point in his life. Really? You are? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm all about the big quiz thing. Bigquizthing.com, America's premier providers of corporate and private trivia events. Uh, we're booking for the holidays, folks, virtual and in person and hybrid, a hybrid of the two. We do a little of everything. Uh, we're in the midst of, well, we're winding down a, uh, we, re- we, we do the occasional public show, and we're winding down a public residency in Salesforce Park here in San Francisco. Come check us out November 4th, Thursday, November 4th, 7 p.m., free to play, our final date. And we're going to announce some more, uh, hopefully some more public events in the Bay Area soon. But in the meantime, go to bigquizthing.com and, uh, you know, sign up for our mailing list, follow us on the media social, and uh, get in touch today for free consultation all about your own custom trivia event, no matter where you are. I like how you said the media's social. I believe that's actually The media's social. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. The attorney's general, as it were. Okay. Attorney's general, Whoppers (coughs) Jr. (laughs) I have heard you say that for the Whoppers. That was was a joke in The Onion. It was like William Sapphire goes to Burger King or something. (laughs) (laughs) William Sapphire's been dead for 38 years now. Has he? All right. I don't know. All right, everybody. So the March of 200 continues uh, there on. So uh, until next, the next glorious episode, we, we don't, don't get, get it. it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2021.